666. Traffic is clear ahead from here to the afterlife, but it's hell outside. For the next hour, you're on nightmare time. So let's give a grave welcome to our hosts, John and Kim. Hello again, fiends, and welcome to Nightmare on Film Street. I'm Kim. I'm John. And this week, it's Tiki Terrors! Like Tiki Torch Terror. Yeah. Right on. Tiki Coconut Beverage Terror. Tiki Island Terror. I'm just making this awkward on purpose. You were so proud when you came up with the title for this week's episode. (laughs) You burst into the room, and you're like, one of us can't forget this! Tiki Terrors! Write it down! That's the title! And then ran back out. I was in the middle of a jog! I I needed to keep my heart rate up. (laughs) But also I didn't want to forget it. It's a great title, and this is an episode that you've been trying to put on the podcast for a while now. Um, eh, Specifically just the first movie. Yeah, I mean, you talk about it a lot in the actual episode. The, the glee never leaves you. And for good reason, because today on the podcast, we are talking about Scooby-Doo. Where are you? And Broken Lizards Club Dread. Two very different movies, which we'll get into, but also thematically similar in that they, uh, they take place on a isolated, murderific, tiki-tastic <laughs> island. Nailed it. Yeah. Uh, also, it becomes very clear very quickly that the real reason we're here today is to talk about amusement parks and vacation destinations that we've built in our mind that we need to exist in reality. Yes. If you don't want to hear about horror-related theme parks, horror-related roller coasters, this is not the episode for you. Before we get into it, though, Kim, what's keeping you creepy this week? We're ramping up our South by Southwest coverage, which... um. We're a little pre-South by Southwest, so we can't divulge too much yet. No, no, this is me officially raising the curtain. This is our cur- <laughs> this is this is our two film selection curtain raiser. These are two movies that we want to recommend to you to keep an eye out for at South by Southwest this year because it's virtual. You can attend. Woo! And as Canadians, it's it's been a fun year for us because we've gotten to check out a bunch of festivals that we you know like couldn't logistically afford to travel to uh, all year long. So that's been pretty exciting. We've had a lot of extra festival coverage, which has been rad. Yeah, and South by Southwest, always kind of like the cream of the crop of like cool-ass fucking movies. You know, uh, you know, Jordan Peele's Us premiered there. Uh, Pet Cemetery. I think that was the same year. You know, last year, Psycho Gorman was supposed to premiere there. And we all, you know, we all love, love that movie. Shout out to our Psycho Gorman episode. Go listen to that if you haven't yet. Right? Just shout out to Psycho Gorman in general. Just Go watch that. Shout if out you to those yet. hunky boys. Yeah, right? It's, oh, it's the heckin' best. Uh, <laughs> before we jump into our South by recommendations, though, uh, stay tuned to nofspodcast.com for all of our reviews and interviews and coverage from the festival. In addition to John and myself doing reviews and coverage, we have our senior contributor, Paul Lee, who is killing it with the reviews. He's got a ton of stuff ready and rip roaring to go. So we have a ton of coverage coming out for South by Southwest. One I want to recommend if you are hitting up the festival, if you're buying your tickets, is one of the not quite horror but almost horror recommendations because I think a lot of the horror wrecks you're going to already have on your radar. But if you don't have this one on, it's Paul Dude's Deadly Lunch Break. It's a super fun 
sort of spree movie, but oh boy, it's it's gory, it's violent, and it's really silly and fun and lighthearted, which is like you think those two things wouldn't go together, but it's a pretty wonderful time and definitely worth checking out if you're a genre fan because it's just outside that realm, but oh boy, does it fit in nicely with the midnight crowd. Oh yeah, I think uh, I think the, the letterbox description pretty much sums it up. When Paul's chances of winning a national talent contest are ruined and his dreams of fame are slashed, he plans a deadly revenge rampage. One lunch break, five spectacular murders, each wrongdoer dispatched in a fitting manner by the sparkly suited Paul. It's a blast. It's wonderful. I, uh, you know, like like Kim said, there are plenty of horror movies that are in the Midnight Selection. You've probably already got your eyes on, like Travis Stevens, Jacob's Wife, or Mickey Keating's Off Season. Both what? of which we'll have interviews on the website. Both of which we will have interviews for on the website. I, uh, like, one of the things that I have loved about the, attending these festivals virtually is that I have more time to take in these movies like when you go to a festival you know you're running from one screening to the next to an interview to lunch which Shit. is fun oh it's so great which i love is it fun there's yeah there's nothing like it it's a blast but you know when you're at home and you're ready for bed but you don't want to go to sleep but you don't have enough time to watch a whole movie shorts blocks baby start watching those shorts there is some really great shorts at south by southwest this year and if there's one i could recommend it's called flick is this the Am I allowed? Will it spoil it if I say? You talking about the booger? The booger one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I mean, it's it's uh, it's directed by um, Ariel Zengatita, and you know, as Letterbox describes it, a reclusive college student is driven mad after picking a booger he can't flick away. <laughs> it's <laughs> some of the most rad cinematography you are gonna see. It's like such a short film. It's like five, seven minutes long. It's got like kung fu style stuff. It's got some absolutely ingenious camera work. The booger has legs. The booger has legs. The <laughs> booger is totally evil and it has fun, like gnarly looking practical effects. Like it's got everything you want in seven minutes. It's almost like if R.L. Stein wrote a, an evil booger for adults. <laughs> <laughs> it's real weird. I hope you check it out. I hope you like it. Um, it's It's definitely been one of the highlights of the festival for me so far. And one last plug, just because it's March break month, we are celebrating, obviously, with Scooby-Doo, with Club Dread, and a ton of March break-tastic horror movies all month long at nofspodcast.com. And this Saturday at 8 p.m. Eastern, whatever time that is in your time zone, we are having a spooky speakeasy watch party of Tourist Trap. Come watch a party movie with us. Kim and myself are going to be there. You can chat live with us during the movie. We do a video intro ahead of time in the spooky speakeasy that Kim has built on Gather. It's a pixelated space where you get to come in as your own 8-bit character, like a bar. You can walk around, chat with people, watch movies, play games. Uh, It is an absolute blast. It is always the highlight of my week, and I can't wait to watch movies with you guys because watching movies with people is something that, you know, it's never going to go away, whether it's virtual or in person and if I can't do it in person right now I'm sure as shit doing it virtually so please come watch movies with us we need friends You can join the Fiend Club just for a couple bucks a month that goes directly to us, our hosting costs, the all of the stuff involved with Nightmare on Film Street, the website, nofspodcast.com, our contributor team, all that stuff. It's a couple dollars a month. You join the Fiend Club, you get access to all of our fun watch parties and events, as well as a membership kit that you get as a Fiend Club member, including a super cool membership card, stickers. We have temporary tattoos. Yeah, it's pretty rad to walk around and tell a bunch of people that don't give a shit that you're like, I'm a card-carrying fiend, and they're like, okay, <laughs> (laughs) sir, please just take your groceries and leave the store now. (laughs) And I'm like, all right, fine, but only because I 
have movies to watch, sir. So that is this Saturday at 8 p.m. Join us at nofspodcast.com slash fiendclub. It's Thursday. We've got a new podcast here for you. We're going to get to it. If you're looking for something to do on Saturday, you know where to find us. On Friday, we're also going to be playing Phasmophobia if you want to follow us on Twitch. If Last you... time I got murdered, like murdered by a friend. Actual murdered. I... Not just by, like we got set up. I'm still recovering. <laughs> Either way, let's get into the episode. Let's talk some tiki terrors and let's kick it off with Scooby-Doo. <laughs> Was that was that a good scoop? <laughs> that was pretty good. I can't even say the title of the movie without laughing that we're talking about Scooby-Doo on the podcast. <laughs> it's horror. On a faraway island, ancient forces have been awakened, and only one thing stands between them and the enslavement of all mankind. <laughs> I'll have whatever he's having. <laughs> this place is like uber creepy. <laughs> Scooby, we're here to solve a mystery. Rory. Warner Brothers Pictures presents Fred. Fred, what's the secret of your success? Teamwork. I do a tremendous amount of teamwork. <laughs> Daphne. Now who's the damsel in distress? Me? Straight up. Velma. The smart one. Right. (laughs) And you've always been a chick? Zoinks! Shaggy. What are you doing, man? Oh, boy. Like, there's a ghost right behind me, isn't there? And... (laughs) Scooby-Doo. Scooby-Doo! Where are you? Oh, I got bad feelings about this. Those creatures are taking over the world? That is so mean. That was weird. <laughs> Let's get jinky with it. Scooby-Doo. Oh my god. No one is stupid enough to believe that. Who's the ugly old broad? Thank you. Thank you. Can I just say that the writings of this movie are criminal? Yes. Agreed. Scooby-Doo from 2002, currently sitting at a 5.1 out of 10 on IMDb, 30% on Rotten Tomatoes, 35% on Metacritic, and a 2.8 out of 5 on Letterboxd. Mistakes! Mistakes abound! The, the IMDb one is maybe the only one that m- makes sense. What are you talking about? Oh, IMDb's always like, to, if you get above six, you're doing great. So this should be above six. Yeah, we're, I'm looking for a 9.4 out of 10 on IMDb is what I'm looking for. I have been pushing and pushing John for years to get this movie on the podcast because, one, it's a horror movie, and I don't <laughs> want any tweets. I don't want any emails. I don't want any Instagram comments. That it is anything different than a horror movie. <laughs> I want them. Come at me, bro. Let's hear it. Let's all fucking fight for it. First off, starts exactly the same as 13 Ghosts does. And then c- basically continues the same. <laughs> They're at the rest. This is the kids friendly 13 Ghosts. Is Matthew Lillard the one actor that we've covered the most on the podcast? Y- maybe? He's probably tied for three with a bunch of other people because we've done Scream very long time ago. Mm-hmm. Good luck finding that episode. We'll do it uh, again. 13 Ghosts, we've done. Done it. 
and now Scooby-Doo. And surely I have talked about Twin Peaks The Return on the podcast. Is he in that? He sure is, babe. Oh, boy. (laughs) (laughs) Gets his fucking head blown off. Oh, I was going to say, is he actually in it, or does he just weirdly hang out at the after-party bar where somebody plays a whole track from their newest album? Oh, you mean like Jane Levy? No, he is uh, in a few episodes. Oh, wow. That's exciting. So Scooby-Doo. We're not going to spend... Like another hour talking about why it's a horror movie? Like, that could be the entire podcast, just just defending that position. I don't think we need to. No. I, th- I think the movie speaks for itself. I mean, is there anything ambiguous about, like, I, I don't understand, John. I just don't even understand the perspective. Yeah, I mean, just because it's a kid's movie doesn't mean it's not a horror movie. Yeah. Wh- what? Oh, so- <laughs> sorry, you also don't think it's a kid's movie. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's it's for kids to also enjoy. Yeah. Yeah. This is way more of an adult's movie, right? This, uh, this is coming at Scooby-Doo from the idea that you are a 30-year-old frat kid. Adult. <laughs> doing adult things. And then also enjoying Scooby-Doo, the 2002 live-action remake. Did you see this movie in the theater? I did. Yeah, of course. So did I. Yeah, absolutely. I took my little brother and sister to go see it. My grandpa took me. Right on. <laughs> so this uh, this is not necessarily worth bringing up, but I spent a lot of time watching this trying to figure out if I had smoked weed before seeing Scooby-Doo or after. I did not get any of the references when this movie came out. And to be honest, I probably didn't get a lot of the references until just now when I watched <laughs> the movie, which means I have always watched this movie with the eyes of a 12-year-old. I think going back to the movies I watched, I was counting down the days until I was brave enough to smoke weed for the first time. Like I was watching and listening to Cheech and Chong and like just like uh You were a blacklight poster kid, let's be real. Yeah, you know, like, <laughs> hey, let's let's listen to Alice Cooper and put on a strobe light. Like, why? Like, I don't know, because I heard people did that. It's like, yeah, but they were on drugs. Like, they might be fun if we're sober. We'll get a lava lamp. I had a lava lamp. I had, I had one too. Yeah. It didn't work though. The lava never liquefied, so it was like a light that was just had slid up some sludge. Ew. I still lit it up though. I don't know okay. why. I had it for a really long time. Okay. Yeah. Mainly the real reason I think I love this movie so much and wanted to bring it onto the podcast and talk about it was kind of solely because we all want spooky island to be fucking real right oh my god yeah it pains me so much watching this movie and seeing these people vicariously live their spooky lives at the spooky tiki bar and there's a spooky roller coaster and that dark ride in that spooky castle and then there's just a luchador walking around ready to fight (laughs) well and if if you watch it just to see the background characters there's all kinds of giant headed monsters just jigging around like there's a there's a bunny we see a bunch but at one point a full out Frank Frankenstein just rides by in the background on a bike, never to be seen again. How dare you make this fantasy island not be real? Yeah, I don't want white sandy beaches in Hawaii. I mean, that sounds nice. But you give me that plus spooky island? Yes! I'm going! Horror tiki! Oh, man, like even the plane ride over is spooky island themed. They have their own fucking airline. Spooky airlines? Yeah. And yeah. there was a tiki bar on the plane. A walk-up tiki bar. Damn. I want to go to this place so bad. So, so bad. Why does a spooky theme park not exist? I just don't understand. I mean, Universal's working on it, but it's not, like, solely that. We need to get Warner Brothers a theme park. 
Yeah, Warner Brothers doesn't really have a theme park. Yeah, I mean, if they did, it would be like Kong and Skull Island and Isn't Godzilla that in Universal? and shit. Yeah, that's a good question. Weird fact. So the theme park near us, Canada's Wonderland, it used to be owned by Paramount. And so all of the big major roller coasters were themed to Paramount rides. Like we had a Tomb Raider ride. We had- Top um, Gun, baby. Top Gun. We had the Italian job. Yep. There were, oh, and there was like a whole bunch of like 3D videos. Like we had like a- what was the car one that we had for Days of Thunder? Days of Thunder. I know everything about that. <laughs> but we had all of these really fun themed roller coasters, and then at one point Paramount sold it, and now I think it's at Six Flags Park. But they removed all of the licensed branding for the rides, but the rides are all there. So now the Italian job is the backlot stunt coaster. And- Top Gun is just called Top Flight. Yeah, <laughs> and all of the the fun lineup stuff is gone. So it's it's really kind of sad nostalgia, if that's a word. You can see it in uh, in Hemlock Grove on Netflix. And I think it's the very first episode. Little Skarsgård takes his sister, who he's in a weird relationship with, to a. They're so rich that they bought at the theme park at night, and they go by themselves. That's Paramount. Oh, Wonderland. Wonderland. Yeah. yeah, to a T. I will give them credit though. They did add some giga coasters to the park that are oh, insane. Yeah. One one of them's called Behemoth, and it's this hilltastic, super long roller coaster. It's I think it's like three and a half minutes, and it's huge. It's nuts. Uh, and then there's another one called Leviathan. Leviathan, the blue one, which is in the medieval side of the park, which is fun. And it's swirly-whirly, stomachache inducer. More importantly, though, it's got a close to 90 degree drop. It's like a negative drop. Like, you could see the bottom of the coaster almost if you look up. <laughs> <laughs> We really like theme parks, obviously, which is why we're such huge fans of Scooby-Doo. It's so funny that we're even talking about Scooby-Doo right now because in the last week or two with the Fiend Club, we have kind of collectively all just been building our dream horror theme park. And it's now that I'm looking at it, it's just Spooky Island with a few other fun details. It is just Spooky Island. But it it all kind of spawned off the... I'm not sure how relevant this news is now because unfortunately it kind of dropped before COVID, so I don't know if there's been any kind of delay on the plans or whatever. But Universal has been behind the scenes developing a Universal Monsters theme park. I'm not sure if it's a full theme park on its own, you know, kind of like their water parks are, but they're still technically like an arm of Universal. Or if it's just a zone like Harry Potter World. I think it's going to be a zone. But they're doing Universal Monsters theme and the centerpiece is Dracula's fucking castle. I cannot fucking wait for the midnight angry mob that goes through that town up to Dracula's castle dragging out Frankenstein. Yeah, like every night at nine o'clock the townspeople come through with torches. It's gonna be so rad. You Uh, know they're gonna do it. But a whole out map drop of the land. You know what? I'm gonna post this. When this episode drops, I'm gonna throw the image. I'll find it and put it in the Discord so you guys can check it out. Hell yeah. There's a Bride of Frankenstein thing. There's a Wolfman section. There's the mummy. Like they full out like restaurants and rides and stuff themed for all of the monsters. It's... Oh, I I seriously, if coronavirus kills this fucking theme park, I'm rioting. I don't know. I don't know what I'm rioting. Maybe bats. Who knows? And you know how much I love bats. Oh, we're just going to let loose bats in the Universal parking lot for (laughs) days until they uh, until they turn coat and say that we are making this after all. With tiny little parchments tied to their toes and you like unravel. It's like build the haunted theme park. (laughs) Oh boy. Um, but speaking of theme parks, and I promise you that this this has all been getting around to more Scooby Doo talk. 
They actually built a Scooby-Doo. No. Yes. Fucking coaster. Okay, so it's called the Scooby-Doo Spooky Coaster. Where is it? Located at Warner Brothers Movie World. What? In Australia. In Gold Coast, Australia. Okay, so it's not just like a thing in California that I'm that dumb we just for not don't knowing know about. about. So we're going to Australia now purely for this coaster because the entrance of it <laughs> is the fucking castle. That's right. That's right, Australia. You have nothing else to offer us. <laughs> You guys have a lot of spiders. <laughs> oh, and drop bears, yeah. What's a drop bear? Oh, you've never heard about the drop bear. What? Oh, it's, it's a bear that uh, that climbs trees and jumps down on people. Like a wrestler bear? Kinda, yeah. It's totally real. Don't look it up. Plow drive! <laughs> <laughs> That's the only, like, from the ropes move I know. <laughs> you say plow drive? Yeah. Is that not right? No, you did great. What is it? Pile drive. Pile drive. <laughs> plow can... drive! Yeah, but you plow your elbow into them. That feels right. It feels right. Feels correct. Okay, so let me read you about the, sco- the spooky coaster. I need to hear it. The entrance to it is built up like the castle, and it's a full-out coaster. It's a, one of those wild mouse coasters. Canada's Wonderland has one. It's called The Fly. It's the one with the uh, four people per car, and it's got those really fun hairpin turns. They're super fun. That yeah. make you feel like you're going to barf and fall out. But the beginning of it is a dark ride, so they actually Ooh. have the swinging saw and shit. Oh, yes. Yes, and there's a whole you bunch can, of- Anytime you see a movie where like there's, oh, hijinks in a roller coaster ride, you know they're built. It. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad to hear that. So they, they should. <laughs> There's also some fun. It, it kind of sounds like the mummy ride at Universal Studios in Florida. Oh, wow. With the, um, you know how you interact with some of the actors and there's like animatronics and stuff and there's also a reversal sequence spoiler alert for anybody who hasn't been on that roller coaster and is going tomorrow I don't know (laughs) but at one point you do you fall backwards and then you go into the actual coaster part of the ride yeah so it's a full out sequence and a half it kind of also reminds me of the new Harry Potter ride at Universal the Hagrid one where you're going through the the garden and stuff and there's all kinds of shit happening so it sounds amazing and they should have just built the whole spooky island around that ride, but I'm glad that it exists somewhere. Man, we got to check that out. Right? And so there actually is a Warner Brothers theme park, so I would love to see what other rides they have going on there. But I'm not going to look it up because when I eventually get my butt there, which will happen. Oh, yeah. One day. Monster Fest, baby. We got to check it out. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah, I know. I know about festivals <laughs> in countries that I can't go to yet. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but yeah, so that sounds fucking amazing. They've got to have a tiki bar, surely. Oh, absolutely. And like a shrunken head claw game? Oh, the claw game. (laughs) There are so many incredible details. You got it. I want to interview somebody that like worked in the the set set design design apartment. Yeah, because they had to have a whole lot of fun. Yeah, you're just pulling shrunken heads with a claw that's got tiny little bony fingers. I know, it's got skeleton hands. Yeah, this movie wins the set design award. My last watch, I was just watching for the giant-headed monsters walking around the background. But you could spend each watch just focusing on something different. Like, okay, I'm only going to pay attention to the fun drinks with the umbrellas in them. Yeah, I I love watching scenes where Scooby-Doo is erratically just bouncing off of things. Interacting, interacting with, with the, the set, environment. yes. Yeah. Because that, that, I love imagining it without Scooby-Doo there because that would have been so much fun. Just like, all right, this table's going to move, this pizza's going to fall over. This and- lamp, these 
these extras have to react, and then these extras have to react, and then yeah. these extras. Yeah, it, like so good, so wonderful. And it's also in that weird early stages of CGI where the actors aren't quite making eye contact with things. Sure. And the timing is a little strange. I mean, there's one moment in particular that really stood out to me as being like a. It's when possessed Mary Jane is, this is near the the finale, she's handing off Scooby to one of the bad guys, Mm -hmm. and it's a really wide shot, and she's in a cave, and she hands off Scooby-Doo, and the guy takes him, and then she's still holding nothing, (laughs) reaching out and holding holding no Scooby. It's really, it all comes down to timing, but... Matthew Lillard does a great job, right? He's um he's an amazing Shaggy. Well, yeah, first off, an incredible Shaggy, but also does a he does a great job of acting by himself, quote unquote, with Scooby Doo. Because he's with Scooby the whole movie. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Scooby is pretty much all he talks to for the most part. Yeah, and then occasionally Mary Jane. And then he fights with Scooby Doo about Mary Jane. <laughs> and then and then they all hug in the end. Anyway. Uh, yeah, and like the coolest thing is that in the beginning of the movie, first off, cold open, just like a horror movie, uh, they all break up except Shaggy and Scooby. Because man. they they're best friends. Ride or die, man. Like they're the they're the greatest team. I love those guys. Making eggplant burgers in the mystery machine. <laughs> and and Matthew Lillard's hair looks kind of gross, like you would expect Shaggy's to look. He looks, dare I say, Shaggy. And the weirdest thing, too, I, I maybe you guys knew this because you were actual fans of Scooby-Doo. I didn't really grow up Whoa, with... Whoa, really? I, yeah, I didn't That's really surprising. watch... I watched maybe the odd episode, but I, I'm not a huge... Every single day for me. Wow. Every single day. Well, then you should have known Shaggy's last name was Shaggy Powers. Uh, did is you it get, Powers? It is, did you get his first name? By the way, I wrote it down on that sheet. You want to say it out loud? Oh, it's Rogers. Shaggy Rogers. Ew! <laughs> Norville? Norville Shaggy Rogers. Wow. I like to assume he comes from money, but it's not his it's not his bag, man. You know? Norville. Actually, you know what? I kinda like Norville. It's growing on me. I think they introduced it in the sequel, because I think there's a moment where he like cleans up or something. Yeah, I'm not too familiar with the sequel of this, and, and I think the, the sequel was received even even worse than this one, and it wasn't as profitable. So. It's got so many monsters, and it's got a love interest for Velma. That's what counts. So I guess you like the sequel. I've seen it. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, outside of Matthew Lillard, every everybody is pretty perfectly cast in this, so I think. So wonderful. Yeah, and especially, especially Velma. Linda Cardellini is so good as Velma. It, oh, it's... Everybody's great as everybody. I think that's what I'm trying to get at. Like it's, it's like I want to say this person's great, but also this person's great, but also this person's great. The entire cast is perfect. One of the standout moments for me is when Daphne, played by Sarah Michelle Gellar, her body is switched with Fred, played by Freddie Prince Jr. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she is mouthing to Fred's voice, and she does such a great job getting the mannerisms of not only Freddie Prince Jr., but of Fred, yes. who's this like egotistical dunderhead. <laughs> and she does such a wonderful job. She shows so much teeth. Like, that's the thing that I couldn't stop looking at, is there's so <laughs> much teeth and there's a, such a great sequence there too because at one point they're all switching bodies so they're all cycling through interpretations of each other and it's really fucking wonderful matthew lillard's velma is good it's real good fred's velma is good it's it's a wonderful velma's I mean, like, shaggy is great it's a really great <laughs> sequence 
Man, so much fun. So much fun. And really, this movie is sort of like stacked to the rafters with great character actors and Can fun we talk cameos. about Rowan Atkinson? We sure fucking can. Can we talk? Let's get into it. He's great. Yes. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, no, yeah, Rowan Atkinson. When was the last time you saw Rowan Atkinson be bad in anything? Like, look at Johnny English as an example. Horrible movies, hilarious actor. He's so funny. And even just the moments where it's not necessarily about the dialogue or the verbal jokes. When we introduce him at the docks when they're first arriving, he's in like this robot thing and the arms are just flailing and he knocks out some (laughs) random tourist. It's just like, yes, I love the slapstick gags. I feel bad for calling those Johnny English movies horrible. I actually like them. But anyway, Rowan Atkinson, absolute gold in any scene that he's in. And he does, uh, he also does a pretty good job of acting with Scooby. I love, I love, uh, like, the the reveal of the real Rowan Atkinson at the end when he comes out of that cellar and he's just, he's got a beard that's been growing for months. He's got crazy shaggy hair. Like, he's been, uh, like, in a bunker waiting out the apocalypse. So funny. And who better to run a spooky island theme park than Rowan fucking Atkinson. <laughs> he does look like he's just in it for the vibes, right? Like he's not here. He's, it's not about the money, man. It's about the experience. Well, he's got Sugar Ray as the band. <laughs> That's a choice. I mean, uh, there's nothing scarier than Sugar Ray. Oh my God. When they're attacking Scooby and Shaggy with the guitars and the green eyes, you're just like, yeah, this couldn't get any better. It really couldn't. <laughs> man, there was a moment where Sugar Ray was a huge deal. And it was this moment. It was 2002, I think. Yes, that's true. And Pamela Anderson. Like, was she ever a moment? Was she ever not a moment? I just mean in the, the thousands. Yeah, she was in Scooby-Doo. We all <laughs> flocked to the theater. Kids are just like, who is this person? That, that's what I mean. Like, this is 100%. Like, everything about this movie was made for adults that grew up with Scooby-Doo. Well, it, the screenplay was written by James Gunn. In interviews post-Scooby-Doo, he's said that the movie was originally intended to be more for adults. And the tone was changed after the cast had even signed on. So I would say that this was like kind of a, a last-minute change, but definitely done well into development. They did keep, obviously, some of the the adult humor. There are a lot of references to Scooby and Shaggy being stoners, oh, yeah. especially since the love interest name is Mary Jane. Yeah. <laughs> there's, uh, there's quite a few, like, adult nuggets speckled throughout the movie, but it would be interesting to see... Troma make this movie? Is that oh, what you're just, saying? Just James the, Gunn, Mr. <laughs> Troma himself, tr- the writer of Tromeo and Juliet? Just the original screenplay drafts and just to see how how the film evolved a bit, just to be more kid-friendly. Even down to who the final villain was going to be, oh. apparently that was a huge struggle and they didn't even know how to kind of cap this movie off. They, wow. They had ideas even of the the villain from the very, very beginning of the, the oh, ghost. Oh, coming back and yeah. like seeking revenge? That's kind of interesting. being like Mr. Smithers or Mr. Withers all along. The evil janitor. Uh, but they decided to bring in Scrappy-Doo since they wanted to use something from kind of the original history of, of the original cartoon series. What do you think about that Scrappy-Doo choice? I am not a huge fan of Scrappy as a, I don't think you're supposed to be though. I I know, but I but so I wasn't finished. Okay, um, my mistake. But I do love that inevitable period in the series where it's starting to dip and they introduce like a weird ass character. Like Scrappy Doo is the alien in the Flintstones. Kind of. There's, there's something fun about that post 
the series, I guess, what do you call it? The frit? What's the fridge line from? Oh, so the oh, I don't know what the fridge line is from the Indiana Jones thing. That's what you're talking about. Yeah, right? jumping the shark is that jumping what you're saying? the shark. Okay, yeah, like this is them trying to prevent blowing jumping up the, the shark. fridge or hiding in the fridge. I can't remember what it was. Yeah, no, no, he hid in the fridge and the fucking bomb went off. He rode the fridge. Is that what it is? Uh, Riding the fridge? I don't know, man. Yeah, either. jumping the shark works. Jumping Pe- the shark. Works. People know that. Yeah, yeah, and uh, it just reminds me of we did a recently recently we did a rewatch of uh, Married with Children where they add a random kid halfway oh, through the series. Fuck. Uh, and he's like the cousin, but then they treat him like, like a eleven son. or it's something. It's like seven or yeah. yeah. And then he's there for like a whole season and a half, and he just disappears after. And you're like, good riddance. I hate it. <laughs> Adopted child. Don't want him around. And uh, so that's Scrappy, and I don't like him, but I I appreciate kind of the nostalgia that comes with like, oh yeah, the past its prime franchise edition. I don't. So I mean, I I grew up watching Scooby Doo, and just like for me. Every episode was great. I think I just love that Hanna-Barbera animation style. Yes. And Sc- Scrappy-Doo showed up all the time. Like, he was always around. Was he always a weenie? Always a weenie. Yeah. He's even more of a weenie in this movie, I'd say. Like, he was kind of likable in the show. I remember I remember liking him. He was a lot like the... He was more like the cousin from the Brady Bunch. I don't remember his name either, but he would show up occasionally. I'm sorry, Kim. I'm talking reruns now. Yeah, you're, you're getting you're getting deep, John. In that time period that I was watching Scooby-Doo, that was also where I was watching, like, The Brady Bunch, Gilligan's Island, Dreamin' a Genie, you know, all that. So you're a, you're a closet 50-year-old. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. These yeah, are yeah. all pre-us. Very, very pre-us. I know, but I... I did I did watch a lot of Bewitched and I Dream a Genie, but right? we, did, yeah. we had like a preview of the retro channel or whatever. Yeah, it was like right after school, right? And then I In became... In between the yeah. homework and Simpsons. <laughs> and then I became so obsessed with it that we had to add the retro channel. <laughs> they hooked you. They gave you one month for free and the rest you gotta pay for. For. Like you mean she lives in this bottle? That's fuck. He was an astronaut. I love it. <laughs> yeah, that's good stuff. Scrappy Doo was always around. Yeah, but uh, he's definitely a huge weenie. I love the the flashback sequence where we're introduced to Scrappy though, and it's you know like oh the good times where we were all friends just hanging out in a van solving mysteries. I think I just want to go on a road trip. God damn, do I want to go on a road we trip? We have an RV. I know, but we can't go anywhere. It's February. It'll be March soon, and then it'll be April, and then it'll be Scrappy-Doo time. Also, nothing's ever going to compare to Spooky Island. There's no point in ever leaving the house. It's true. We can never drive to a Spooky Island because you can't drive to Australia. Yet. Yet. We need one of those hippo vans. You oh, know the one ones the that ones can, like, can like, drive into, into the, water. the water? Yeah. I like the monsters in this movie. They're like the 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 Mon stars from Space Jam mixed with gremlins. Yeah, I was gonna say like a a blown up gremlin. Like if you you stuck a tire inflator in the gremlin's butt. Oh yeah, totally. Like, <laughs> just pumping them up. Spooky Island monster. What's so cool about this though is that the monsters are real in the end. Like those monsters, totally real. Yeah, like those monsters aren't guys in suits. They have to defeat them. They have to kill them with the sunlight, which is one a great fucking touch. The fact that they need the human bodies yeah. so that they can survive in the during the day. And we haven't even talked about the fucking marijuana propaganda videos that they use to train the monsters into oh. being teenage adults. Yeah, it's pretty great, right? Like they're getting like reefer madness style yes! like, propaganda into it or <laughs> hypnotized. Yeah, brainwashed. That's the word. Good God, John. And a roller coaster too. Like what a, right? what a better way to trap people because everybody wants to get on a roller coaster and then once those lap bars come down, you're screwed. You're brainwashed. 
It's and over. It's weird that they have like the one minion watching the closed down roller coaster. <laughs> yeah. I like that scene too when uh, when when Daphne is being warned not to go to the castle. Uh, by the by, Voodoo Maestro is his character's name, played by Miguel Nunez Jr., who we've talked about on this podcast before. Man, this is an all-star episode for previous episodes of Nightmare on Film Street. Miguel Nunez Jr., who you'll probably remember from uh, from Return of the Living Dead. We talked about him in Leprechaun in Space. Most importantly, though, he's Demon, Reggie's brother, in Friday the 13th, A New Beginning. You know, that weird guy who's got lots of food in his van and sings while he's going poop? <laughs> You know what I'm Classic. talking about. <laughs> baby, baby. I don't remember the song now, but oh, I say the baby. music in fucking Scooby Doo is so good. Oh, so rad. I'm downloading it onto my Spotify right now. Oh, yeah. You get that Outcast Killer Mike collab in the credits? Yes. Fuck yeah. Oh, my God. And even the, the freaks come out at night. Yeah. I, was, I was singing that through the movie. Like, I had to shut myself up to keep watching. I got it. I want to watch it again because I'm almost positive that the score is sort of riffing on the freaks come out at night beat when the monsters show up at night. <gasps> That's so cool. Yeah, no, we got to get this soundtrack for and sure. And the beginning even, like the, the first score we get with, I can't remember the ghost's name. He's a cool looking ghost, by He's the way. We didn't even ghost. talk about him with his fucking like weird melty mouth like and shit. Like a jester ghost? Fuck Absolutely. yeah. Absolutely. But the score and the angles and stuff, it reminds me so much of peak era Tim Burton. The Batman Returns Tim Burton, like the Gotham City Tim Burton. Fucking loved it. Like the beginning of this movie is maybe the best part. And we go to Spooky Island, which is, like, unfathomable. We got a demon head disco ball. That disco ball's pretty dope. And we use it We use it in the end, too, right? To, to kill all those monsters. I'm so happy that that luchador got to, like, actually wrestle in this movie. Yes, because he, he had his pecs out the whole film. <laughs> it's a warm island, but, you know, he... Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, he's constantly walking around, ready to fight. He looks very out of place in the whole situation, but but yeah, he he and Daphne got to fight, and fuck, is it a good fight? It is a good fight. They should have cast Sarah Michelle Gellar and Charlie's Angels. I'm just saying. Oh my god! Right? Don't you think? Like that's that scene is straight out of Charlie's Angels. Charlie's Angels, Spooky Island. Uh, this is that era though, where I'm sure Charlie's Angels was was what made this fight. Oh, you're probably right. Yeah. Speaking of fights. Thelma gets short shrift in that whole finale, yeah, right? Yeah, she disappears in the like the action sequence of the finale. Yeah, and like that's kind of like her character's complaint in the movie is that I don't right? get credit. I don't do like I do all the work, and it's just like you guys make it look good in the end, and then that's and then I get pushed aside. There and she fucking have, does. There had to have been an issue with her scene or something because we watch Fred whipping that rope around for way too long. She's just standing beside him the whole time, pretty much. I don't understand because they both they both get sort of taken away by the by the possessed minions and Fred starts to fight back while Velma's still being like held by one of the other guys and then at the end she just like breaks free and the two of them are there and I mean she gets to tell the news crew everything that happened and whatnot but it's such a bummer that we spend so much time highlighting every single person in the crew and what they're doing to save the day and there's no Velma I know Real I mean sad. there is though you you do have to admit though there's that really great moment between Shaggy and Scooby where they're talking where about Where Shaggy's crying? Yeah. <laughs> He's just like you like me? <laughs> Man, it's good. It's good stuff. It's so sweet. And then they're like, true friends forever. <laughs> I did almost cry at an animated dog. I did. 
<laughs> a really a really uh, early animated I know. dog. <laughs> like a four pixel dog. You can practically see the edges on it. It's good Aww. stuff. Man, it's real good. I no, I love this movie though. It's so fucking silly. It's so cheesy. And there's just so much thrown at it. Mm-hmm. This movie could have spanned an entire season of of a TV show. There is just so much going on. And Spooky Island could have been host to so many mysteries. Hell yeah. Right? They could have just, yeah, you could have had an entire Spooky Island spinoff. Yeah. Where, like, Scrappy-Doo changes his ways, he sees the air, like, I'm gonna stick around and make sure everything's okay, you know? And, like, every once in a while on Sweeps Week, one of the characters comes back to check in on Scrappy, make sure everything's going okay. (laughs) I do think it's kind of wonderful that I, that, are Scooby and Shaggy vegetarians? I think so. Because they're eating eggplant burgers at the beginning, yeah. and then they make a point to say that the Scooby, the snacks, Scooby snacks are vegetarian. are vegetarian, which is kind of cute because they're like these like hippie stoners. So yeah. like, it totally fits their characters that they would be vegetarian. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't. Uh, there's plenty. They are opportunistic with their food. I think like they just you know Scooby Doo's walking past a sandwich. Red burgers. <laughs> oh my god! I love that scene. <laughs> Go into the dark forest alone. Okay. okay. <laughs> It's good stuff. Everybody can do a Scooby impression, I've learned. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Every I think it's like one of the first impressions everybody learns how to do. We all like Scooby. Every consonant is an R. <laughs> do you know how many Scooby spinoffs there are, by the way? No. Mac Jones wrote an article about Scooby-Doo where... Or no, I think he was just ranking like the best Scooby-Doo's. And there's there's a lot. Wow. And they just announced four spinoffs for well, Scooby, HBO Max. Yeah, Scooby's riding high right now because they, they just released the, Scoob. the digital Scoob. Yeah, yeah, we haven't checked it out yet. I'm excited to see it. We should watch it, yeah. And yeah, they have they have another series coming. Like, it, it is Scoob season. I think there's a whole Velma spinoff. Like, she's finally getting her time in the spotlight. Well, they did... A couple years ago, they did a... I, I, I'm not sure if it was a TV movie or if it was like a sci-fi movie, a Velma and Daphne like oh, teenage this. movie yeah, 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 of them yeah. like meeting and becoming friends, which is fun. She fucking works for NASA in this movie, by the I way. Know. Like, I love that that's something that we point out. Oh, it's just working for NASA. Everybody else like writing books, hanging out on the beach. I mean, I'd probably end up hanging out on the beach. <laughs> that's, yeah, yeah, grilling in your fan. Sure, why not? <laughs> that sounds like us. We're the shaggy and the scooby of the group. <laughs> for sure, yeah. You're the shaggy. <laughs> <laughs> Which means I'm the Scoob. (laughs) I'm Scoob when he's dressed as grandma. Yes. (laughs) It's so hard to rate this movie because it's just like pure childhood fun. Yeah, but I still like it. No, it's it's such a great movie and it's it's so watchable that I think this is maybe one of the movies that came out of like the early 2000s that I put on the most often. It's such a good like Saturday afternoon movie. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. My my family was nuts about it. Also, uh, I mean, like varying ages of kids at that point. Like I think my sister was maybe only seven or eight at that point. Anyway, my littlest brother was a baby. So like that that movie got played a whole lot in my house constantly. And I'm sure at some point I got sick of it, but I still enjoy watching it, which I think is a testament to how fun it is. And I'll make rating it real easy for you. I'm giving it a four out of four. Yeah, I'm also giving it a four out of four. And as the youngest in my family, I was the only one who put it on, and I put it on a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, like that whole early 2000s period was saturated with Scooby-Doo and, oh, the fucking VHS copy of the of Cats from the Broadway <laughs> play. And just the first two Harry Potter movies, mostly Chamber of Secrets, constantly, over and over. They're pretty good, John. Don't knock them. Pretty good. I don't know how many times you think you can watch that movie in a month, but I'm telling you right now, it's not 37 times. <laughs> At least I make you watch through the run of them. 
Every year, though. <laughs> I don't need to watch the Harry Potter movies every year. Yes, you do. How will you know what house you're in? I still don't. He's I, Ravenclaw. I, I, don't, I don't really know the difference between Ravenclaw and, give me a minute, Hufflepuff. I don't, I don't know. One is books and one is snacks. Oh, well, put me in snacks. No, you're in books. <laughs> Recipe books. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you can be a Ravenpuff. I'll take it. But yeah, four out of four from the both of us. This movie's a blast. It's it's a real good destination horror, uh, and it's just a lot of fun. Like you, uh, you know. Also, bonus points because you can literally put it on in front of anybody, what no matter what age, and it's a perfect entry point to horror. I think, right? Yeah, absolutely. Because yeah, it's, it doesn't have any scary elements. Really. Those monsters are pretty scary. That's okay. I mean, okay, maybe the CGI takes that a step back for kids nowadays, but I remember being a little scared. Remember being a little frightened. And pairing with it, we have a movie that you really don't want to put on with anybody else, <laughs> with any anybody in your family that isn't your brother or sister. We're talking about Broken Lizards Club Dread. The warped minds behind Super Troopers. You know how fast you're going? 65. 63. Used to be the fuzz. Yeah, fiesta time. Are you ready to party? Now they're catching a buzz. So you came here to escape civilization, and we're going to hold you to it. In this tropical paradise. Large Bronkhorst, I'm the new masseur. We swapped out a six-foot Swedish broad for this guy. I'm 6'1". Everyone's got to stick together. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Code red bogey. Oh, dude, check out that. <laughs> What's up? Dude, don't be gay, man. If they don't want to get whacked. What is it? Too waxy? No. What? And they're either getting killed. <laughs> Are you telling me there's some totally deranged dude running around out there? Or getting lucky. Is it too much to ask? Have sex with the guests. Some of them are bad looking. There's Putman, the tennis pro. You've got your arms around me, Jenny. I can only assume this means every other man on the island is dead. Juan, no, no, the no. dive master. That is a beautiful name. Penalop. Lars, the masseur. I can see how tight you are from a mile away. What can I say? Some girls are just tighter than others. <laughs> Sam, the fun police. Who wants to limbo? Dave, the DJ. If you're the killer, that's cool. Just, you know, don't kill me. It could be anyone. Run! If you're dying for a vacation... Come on, let's just have a drink and mellow out. Join the club. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah! Broken Lizards Club Dread. Club Dread from 2004, currently sitting at a 5.7 out of 10 on IMDb, 29% on Rotten Tomatoes, 45% Metacritic rating, and 2.7 out of 5 on Letterboxd. I'm going to have to correct you right there, Kim. I think the correct title for this movie is Broken Lizards, Club Dread. You wrote down Club Dread. I know, and uh, it occurred to me after I wrote that in pen that there's no going back. (laughs) (laughs) But I think that is an important thing to highlight in this movie though and mostly because it's kind of like saying hey there's a new kevin smith movie in the theater like broken lizard you've you've got a built-in audience right there and that is something that i think is a big difference between you and me because i grew up with broken lizard 
I will say that I have now seen a few Broken Lizard movies and it's purely because you've been like, oh, you haven't seen this? And I'm like, no, John, I didn't grow up a 12-year-old boy. Yeah, this is my biggest contribution to our relationship and I'm very happy about that. You should watch Super Troopers. You should watch Beer Fest. Beer Fest is great. And you absolutely should and have watched Club Dread. I'm sure you showed me the beer one. Probably. I really like it. <laughs> it's real good. We should probably say off uh, right up top, though, that there are a lot of characters. There are so many characters, more than the average slasher bear. I, you know, maybe even just as many as the average slasher. But, like, like do you remember the names of all the characters from every Friday the 13th so the, movie? The level of characters in this is equal to the later screams when you have the original scream cast plus their oh, plus actor counterparts, yeah. their stab counterparts. That's how many players we have in this movie. I guess, in fairness, probably just as many characters as Scooby Doo, but, you know, didn't grow up. And they're not color-coded. <laughs> they're not They're not color-coded. It's a big bummer. And, you know, Scooby-Doo, those are characters we've just lived with our entire lives. And it's kind of justified. They are running a whole Pleasure Island, Bahama Bay vacation resort. Oh, yeah. You know, it's. Yeah, I originally wanted to pair this movie with I Still Know What You Did Last Summer. It kind of fits. I think it's a, I still think it would make a great double feature, especially because we've got Lars the masseuse and his weird dreads paired with Jack Black and his his weird weird dreads. dreads. (laughs) But given the island situation, Spooky Island in Scooby-Doo, Pleasure Cove? I thought it was just Pleasure Island. No, Pleasure Island is, oh boy, we're going to have to learn up on our Jimmy Buffett knowledge. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's Pleasure Island. Yeah. Pleasure Island. And not Margaritaville. <laughs> and not Margaritaville. Man, Bill Paxton Pina does. Clotterberg. Pina Clotterberg. <laughs> Bill Paxton is such a delight in this movie. I mean, when when is Bill Paxton not like the one person that you are so amped to see on screen? But It's sad watching it now because Why? we've lost Bill Paxton. Oh, sure. But it's so wonderful when you're reminded how many weird, zany career choices he took <laughs> just fucking because. Oh, he didn't have to do this at all. Yeah. He, he has been, like, he was shot up to being an A-list pretty early on in his career. And for good reason. But he always took these weird little detour side street characters, and I thought he was just going to be a cameo, and he was going to be the first one to die. Right. Like, like, they couldn't afford full 60 minutes of Bill Paxton, but Bill Paxton is in this, and yeah, he, yeah. he is the soundtrack as well. Isn't that great? All of the songs are made-up songs, and the fact that he went in and recorded them. Oh my god, I love them. So, according to the DVD commentary, which is also according to Wikipedia, because we own this movie on VHS, and I have- We don't have any bonus extras. No. And the copy we watched last night was pretty warbled, I will admit. I'm sorry. It's been watched a lot. (laughs) Anyway, the Broken Lizard team screened this movie for Jimmy Buffett, and and he really liked it. (laughs) Liked it so much that he asked permission to use some of those songs, to sing some of those songs on tour. That's amazing. I I do not have confirmation as to whether or not he sang Pina Colada Bird. Oh, my God. I hope he especially sang the one that's like, we're all going to (laughs) die. We're all going to (laughs) die. Man, what a great moment. Oh, I I love that too because they're they're trying to pick apart this like obscure song from Coconut Pete that this slasher killer has based their entire rampage and on. And Coconut Pete doesn't even remember the song. Coconut Pete doesn't remember recording the album, which I mean, that's you perfect. Know, cher- cherry pick any 10 albums from the 70s, that's probably true. <laughs> you know, about anybody. 
But they they play it backwards. Like, oh, maybe we'll get a message here. Like, nah, nah, it's just garbage. Sorry, (laughs) sorry, guys. Man, that's great. It's a lot of fun. I like this movie a whole lot. I'm glad that, well, I mean, you've watched it before. It's not like this is your first time. I've made you watch this in the the summer in the RV. It was a great sunny day slasher. And, you know, I think one of the reasons I like it so much is, one, that it's kind of just unapologetically immature and unapologetically goofy, which is, you know, it just, it is what it is. And uh, to me, it's kind of like a Friday the 13th movie. If, you know, the camp counselors are all stoned and horny, but what if... The campers were also stoned and horny adults. And where do you get that in life? You get that at Pleasure Island Vacation Destinations. I think this movie's smarter than people give it credit for. I feel like we missed out on early adult vacations just by watching these two movies alone. Is this an industry? I guess so, because there's all those spring, like all of those piranhas, crux on spring break destination. Like, I I don't know if I want to go to a foam party, but I wouldn't. Never. (laughs) I would not mind a margarita and a hippie singing to me. I mean, you could find that. And murder, of course. I mean, you you could find a margarita and a hippie singing to you at pretty much any dive bar anywhere, Not but... Not a dirty margarita. No. A sunny margarita. <laughs> Not a pina colada. Margarita. I mean, all you gotta look for are those 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 tiny little, like... I mean, they all have names like Pleasure Island, Fire... Yeah, but Co. I don't want to get there and it be like a weird hedonistic place where, like, all of a sudden Fat Bill doesn't have any pants on and he's in the pool and you're like... How often do they chlorine this pool? And you find out it's only on Thursdays and you're leaving on Wednesday. That's not what I want. You know, the problem is that we uh, did not grow up throwing our money at vacations that brought us to secluded islands or all you can. I want to say all you can eat, but what I meant to say is all inclusive. (laughs) All you can eat buffet. This is a hint as to where my mind goes. I like I like theme parks. I like roller coasters. And I guess I like buffets. That is true. We'd spent all of our early 20s disposable income on theme parks, which kind of makes sense for this episode, how we were immediately like, Spooky Island! (laughs) Oh, yeah. I mean, if there was a roller coaster on this Spooky Island, 100% I'd be going. You get to play The Margaritaville, I mean, sorry, the Pina Colada Berg coaster would be like a giant hollowed out coconut and you just sit, it would be a river rapid ride. Oh, yeah! You go down the river rapids in a giant hollowed out coconut. I'm very into and that. And then some guy with a machete tries to get you from the brush. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you can't let your guard down on Pleasure Island, right? <laughs> what's your favorite, just like while we're still like close to our Bill Paxton convo, like what's your favorite moment with Bill Paxton? Ooh, it's kind of a throwaway moment. He's in the water and they're trying to get the propeller for the boat because the boat has been dismantled. And I don't know what the <laughs> fuck Pete is doing. He's got his guitar and he's walking in waist deep water and a wave hits him and he's just like, Bah! It just knocks him right the fuck over. <laughs> it's a good take. We rewound it. Oh, it's good. You know it's serious when you rewind a VHS. That, that's not, oh, yeah. That's not easy shit. And yeah, we I don't, don't have a remote for it. I had to get up. <laughs> Did any VCRs have remotes? I I mean, it's it's 2020. If you have a VCR now, the remote is long gone. Yeah. My favorite Bill Paxton moment has got to be the very first night after we're, we're seeing the entire team together. And he's like, is it too much to ask for you to have sex with the guests? Some of them aren't bad looking. <laughs> like, well, no, I think he's you pissed. imagine your boss asking you that? He's pissed because all of the, the employees are sleeping with each other. Oh, I guess that's true. At least sleep with some of the guests. Yeah, I suppose that's, yeah. Like, if you're really going to sneak off. <laughs> Some of them take that very seriously, though. Especially Juan. It's a fucking dog. But he's so kind of sweet in his Is he? in his weird way. He's so kind to Penelope. Yeah, Penelope. 
Penelope. No one ever, she never corrects anybody about that. Not like, especially not him. Okay, explainable. She likes him. She's not going to say anything. But even in the end, when they're escaping without Juan, and they're like, all right, Penelope, take it away. She just like, like, aye, aye, captains him and drives off in the boat. Oh, good stuff. Which is crazy because she's kind of a nut bar and you would expect her to go weird rage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's got that crazy girlfriend meme energy. You know what I'm talking yeah, about? I yeah. was watching you sleeping. You look so cute. Yeah, she she comes <laughs> on real strong real quick. The one thing that it's, it, uh, we're how many minutes into this? 15-ish minutes and we haven't mentioned that live action Pac-Man game. Oh my God. Right? That's now my criteria for beach resort holidays. If you don't have live action Pac-Man, I'm not fucking going. But just think like how many corporate team building excursion days could have been saved with live action Pac-Man. Oh yeah. You just get, I mean, sure. If it's corporate, you can't, you know, be wearing blue t-shirts and rip them off to reveal red bikinis. You got to have like a reversible jacket. You know, it's it's red on the inside. When you get the drink, you you flip it around. So no one's naked. You know, like that's, (laughs) that's corporate's number one rule. Oh man, that would be so much fun. I want to play that so bad. And the giant banana and stuff running around. I fucking loved. How fun would it to be hammered in the sun running around like a giant banana suit? I yeah. would love to be a fruit. Yeah, it's it's like getting lost in the overlook maze, but you'd remove all fear, dread, and claustrophobia and replace it with fun 8-bit sound effects. <laughs> Man, I want to chase it. I want to tackle a fucking pair. That'd be hilarious. His death is actually my favorite because when he gets his gut cut, it's like the pear itself is part of his guts. And so <laughs> yeah. like he splits open from the costume. Yes. It's pretty wonderful. It's great. And he's eating a pear before he goes into the maze. <laughs> what a silly little gag. We haven't even talked about some of the characters because they all have their own roles. And we're introduced to them as we're getting off the boat. Man, do I love it when a movie that's got a lot of people actually has a title card that's just like, hey, this is this person's name. This is what they do. Because I'm a dummy and I will never remember a character's name. Also, if it's not an actor whose name I don't know, I'll just go like, yeah, that guy in the Hawaiian shirt. Like, I'll I'll never commit it to memory if I don't see the name on screen. We've got Lars. He's the masseuse. Uh, Masseur. Putman, who's actually the director of this movie. Uh, he's the tennis instructor. Who needs a tennis instructor at the Pleasure hoity, Co? The hoity-toity British tennis instructor with the, like, four-foot dreadlocks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Jenny's, in the, Jenny's the aerobics instructor. Obviously, there's Coconut Pete. Juan is our dive master. I originally wrote down lifeguard because I assumed that that's what he was until I reread the Wikipedia, realized I got that all wrong. I do like that we have a dive master and no lifeguard. Hmm. That's a that's sounds a, safe. Yeah, right. And they, but the thing is, they do dive a lot. They jump off a lot of cliffs in this movie. Yeah. Uh, also, his advice, like close your butt, <laughs> clench your butthole. Yeah. At first, I was like, is that a is this real or is this comedy? I've been told that. Uh, you have? <laughs> yeah, but I don't think it's real. Hang on a minute. Also, they I tell think, you to close your butt. I mean, I think it was a joke. But here's the other thing. It's not like I was diving naked. I think that's a concern if you're naked. It's it's kind of like one of those things where like they say, uh, you know, in this Amazonian river, don't pee while you're swimming in it. Because, Why? Oh, you don't know about this. Okay. Well, this isn't like everywhere, but in certain waters, there are bacteria that will whoop right up your urethra and just like live there like a parasite. Like a worm? 
Kinda, yeah. It's not like it's not like a worm worm, but it's just yeah, it's just like a parasite that's gonna get right up in you. I don't like that. Yeah, you shouldn't. This is why you don't pee in like water. <laughs> I mean don't don't pee in chlorinated water either, because other people go in it, you <laughs> sick fucks. <laughs> Close your butthole when you jump. Close your butthole, yeah. I, 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 to be fair, though, like I'm pretty sure when somebody told me that, like, I was, I don't know, 12, 13. I bet it was a joke. Uh, I don't know, though. I kind of believed it. Like, I believe it still. Don't worry. I think it's like it's kind of silly, but also I'd be like, yeah, I'm just going to do this and not tell anybody I'm I'm going to do this. Although, you know, when when am I going to jump off a cliff? Yeah, and, and any scenario where I'm jumping off a cliff, even if I want to jump off of it, it is not the most relaxing experience. No matter what, I'm still clenching my butthole <laughs> from fear. I guarantee it. It's it's just uh, it's automatic. You don't even think about yeah. it. <laughs> Your yeah, butt's it's... just like, ah! <laughs> Is that wind? Oh, God, I hope there's no water coming. It's breezy! <laughs> Better close fist this one. Are we speaking for buttholes right now? Yes. Oh, <laughs> and boy. lastly, we got Sam. He's the fun police. I, I will say, though, if I was getting off a boat and there was a fake cop there and he said, you must have fun. If you do not have fun, fun will be provided for you. I loved that. That will be that would be great. I would love to see that. And then, uh, of course, Dave, who's the resident DJ slash drug dealer, <laughs> <laughs> literally just dropping ecstasy into every single cup he sees. He's one of my favorite characters, and it might come down solely to the fact that he has the best death of anybody. Yeah, it happens off screen though, right? But so worth but it. But it provides the best horror fan moment when they go into his cabin slash room where he's just having his own rave with a generator that nobody else has power but the power like... is out in the entire island and he's got lights going and music and is at his whole DJ booth set up but he's been been beheaded and his head is rotating on the Coconut Pete record which is playing at this warbled creepy speed fucking love it it's so wonderful such a great choice the thing I, I was thinking about that today that probably sucked because he's definitely underneath the table right like his head is poking oh through. no it's definitely a fake head you think so i yeah. think it might have been his real head i don't know man it's rotating so <laughs> he's just he's just like on a lazy susan underneath the, the table and they're just spinning him around i will say it would probably i don't know maybe it would probably be easier i don't know if it's less expensive to get a fake head if it's a fake head it's a real convincing fake head we're going to have to rewind the tape and then fast forward the tape and then rewind the tape until we get to that spot. I'm for it. I'm, I'm down. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm kind of tempted. But like, let's let's assume that he's underneath that table. It's his real Or let's head. assume it's a fake head. <laughs> for the sake of the next five seconds of what I have to say, oh, let's sorry. assume he's under the table. <laughs> okay. It wasn't like I was like, let's put this in canon and move uh, on. I thought that's what you were doing. I no. was like, I'm just, thinking, I'm just thinking about the logistics of being in there and then like, because you got to put your head up through the turntable and then they got to put makeup around your neck to make it look seamless that it's your head on top of the thing and then you spin around. Uh, like now that I'm saying this is way too complicated, they would have just got a <laughs> fake fucking head. But like you'd get sealed in there and then, uh-oh, I got to pee. Like that's that's all I'd be thinking about. Like don't, I have to pee now. Don't pee in the river, you'll get a parasite. Yeah, don't. <laughs> that's the advice. I need you to take that away from this episode. I mean, I'm not going to, but. But I mean, the same goes for for Kevin Bacon and like the way the way he gets killed in Friday the Thirteenth. I thought you were to say when he peed in the lake. <laughs> <laughs> you know that Kevin Bacon movie, you right? You know when he peed in the lake in Friday the Thirteenth. Yeah, in the River Wild, that deleted scene. And he brought scene. Jason out, and Jason was pissed. 
you see this fucking movie, you watch it once, and all of a sudden your jokes get real. I, like, you're, I, we've you're never, back to being 13 again. We have never been this crass on the podcast, I don't we're think. We're not even really crass right now, is the thing. We were speaking for buttholes. <laughs> well, let's bring it back to horror, at least. What's your favorite kill? That's maybe a question I should say for the end, but fuck it, we're here now. Well, I've, I've already talked about two of my favorite deaths, which I would also consider kills. <laughs> yeah, sure, if you um, want to be technical about the it. Pair, yeah. The pair and the DJ beheading. Okay, my But mistake. there's one more I do want to talk about okay. that I really liked. It's probably the one I want to bring up also. It's Putnam's murder. Okay, my mistake. <laughs> so the two leads, which is Lars and Jenny, are hiding under the bed from who they assume is the machete killer. And while under there... Machete Pete? <laughs> well, Dickless. Machete <laughs> we didn't even talk about the legend, but Jenny finds a pair of her furry handcuffs and handcuffs the assailant to the bed rail. And when they climb out, they realize it's Putnam who was in there to steal Jenny's underwear is a whole thing. Um, but then the real Machete Pete comes at them and they don't have the key for the handcuffs. So Putnam's trying to fend off Machete <laughs> not even, Pete. Not even that. He's like, get the key. He's like, I don't know where it is. You've condemned me to death, you, you harlot. Pick, you you pick- piccadilly whore. <laughs> That's what it is. He's batting tennis balls at oh, the killer, and it is hilarious because he does such a poor job. Yeah, when he gets stabbed, though, and they're going away, Jenny's just like, I'm so sorry. And he's like, go, Jenny, run. But Lars takes a minute to be like, namaste. namaste. It's like, fuck off. <laughs> also, just how he dies is great because like, you hear it all happen off screen. And, and you know, like everybody in a slasher movie, they it was you all along. I should have known. <laughs> My favorite is actually kind of a kill you don't even really see all that much. It's in the cold open of the movie, right as the title card's coming up, because this girl who's escaped, she's finally back at the resort. She turns around, sees the slasher. He cuts her head off, but we're POV from her eyes, and we we tumble down that onto the ground. That was really good. Oh, man, that rocks. Also, call out to the right at the precipice of being back in public and being safe kill. Oh, always uh, good. I, I like to call that the Helen Shivers murder. Helen Shivers? Character from I Know What You Did Last Summer. Oh, shit. She dies right by the parade. That is the worst. In a pile of oh, tires. Oh, a pile of tires. It hurts your guts. It's very sad. <laughs> it does. <laughs> really ties you up. No one notices that poor girl's body in, in Club Dread for so long. And she's right there. <laughs> right there. Everybody's too drunk. Everybody's too busy complaining about annoying Sam Levine. Not that Sam Levine is annoying, but his character is the fucking worst. Has he ever not played an annoying character? Ah, uh, I mean, it depends whether you call him annoying in Inglorious Bastards or not. I don't know. Technically, he plays two characters in that movie, but that's just me knowing too much. I really like him in Freaks, Freaks and Geeks, because he's still that annoying character, but, oh boy, do you really sympathize with him, right? Freaks and Geeks is such a good series. And Linda Cardellini's in it, who plays Velma in Oh, that's so true. Scooby-Doo. And it's got a pretty great Halloween episode. Really great Halloween episode. How many seasons did that show have? Two? One. Oh. Yeah. And here's here's the... the... <laughs> Welcome to Freaks and Geeks Quarter. <laughs> uh, they only played... They only aired something like 12 episodes what? of the, the original 25 run. They just cut it. Wow. Yeah. That campfire tale, though. Love it. Because it's... It... <laughs> Unfortunately. Oh, like it's it's going so well. It's just like, wow, this is great. This is a classic 
slasher campfire story and then just like and then he cut off his own dick and you're like okay we're we're back <laughs> we're back to broken lizard goofiness like and, and at no point do they miss an opportunity to just make it real weird <laughs> and it's it's got a great reveal on that story that uh, what are you talking about a great reveal it's funny it's it exists it's yeah okay <laughs> did it make you laugh did it just yes or no i don't care do you whether count a cringe as a laugh of course i do half the comedy i enjoy is cringe laughter i hate cringe so i very clearly enjoy this movie as stupid as it is because it's it's supposed to be stupid and it's, it's and that's totally fine like when you know that going in when it broadcasts that at a hundred thousand hertz from moment one it's fine it's like those are the rules we're playing by but it does get to me sometimes, and the movie's a little long. Like, if I can say the it, things that like, I just don't love about it. It it's... is kind of long. Maybe that comes down to the fact that there's so many cast members that they have to get through a lot of death. Yeah, and, well, even in just, like, the finale of the movie. And, like, the joke here is that, like, oh, the killer's never dead, you know? But I, I enjoyed that. They really ki- they kill him, like, seven times. It's pretty great, though. <laughs> Even after they sever him in half, he's he's still still alive. And it's fucking wonderful because you get that OG Friday the 13th out of the water grab, which is pretty lovely. I also just love how they cut him in half. That's pretty great. Like sawed off by ropes. Yeah, Yeah. just like from a motorboat. That's pretty great. And also in the credits, his his legs are still alive. And they're they're swimming toward the the boat. Yeah, he's committed. He's not giving up. And even the even his reasoning for trying to kill people is convoluted, right? Because oh man, at the, I completely forgot that at the beginning of this movie they really broadcast how uh, like oh this is this person's motivation for killing, and it's it's all petty shit. But like we slow down, close up, like you fucking bitch, <laughs> like just like really pissed at this guy right now. In the end of the movie, he's like, ah, I did it all because he said he didn't have my bag of weed, and then I found him with a bag of weed. <laughs> He's having sex with these girls in the forest. And he's like, oh, wait, that's not it. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) And we're still in the fantasy. Yeah, and like in the background, he's just, this guy's throwing weed in the air. And it's like, oh, right, now I remember. It's because Pete gave the fucking island to his cousin. Nephew, whatever. It's good stuff. It's pretty silly. Yeah, it's got a lot of great set pieces. I I, (laughs) like... It's fun, like, now that we live in a post-It um, Follows world, and we've watched people try and throw appliances into pools, and it just failed. Not that that's a documentary or anything. I actually thought about that during <laughs> yeah. the entire Sam Levine electrocution. I was like, I don't know. <laughs> yep, I don't think it's going to work. Things like to short. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Oh, even just, man, there's a lot of great kills. Like, that's the thing. Like, you can tell there is an appreciation for slashers and the structure of a slasher story. And, like, they really do a great job when it comes to the murders. Like, they don't all just happen off screen. Some of them are gory and shit. They are very traditional horror. Yeah. Even, yeah. even the very beginning where this girl is running and she's, she's oh, shit, we make it to a cliff. And she's reached, because she's about to fall, she reaches for something and she grabs the fucking machete. Like, he's held it out for her to grab. Man, that's a great move. It's, love that. That's insane. Yeah, I like this movie a lot. This movie's goofy. I I would love to see this at a drive-in paired with a very serious slasher, like a Friday the 13th or something. Ooh, that would be really fun. Like, you play this one at midnight. Yeah! Because this is when, like, it's when things start to get, like, weird and silly. Hell yeah. Yes. Yeah, if you're doing an all-nighter at the drive-in, this is the pick-me-back-up. Ooh, Yeah. 
We need to get a drive-in. We just need to move somewhere that doesn't have winter. I know. Because have... I do see people going to the drive-in still. I'm like, you fucks. Yeah. <laughs> we have this like cold depravity where it's just like, oh, yeah, we would die if we tried to go watch a movie outside right now. Yeah. Go watch your VHS in your basement, you fuck. Mm. <laughs> it's cold down here, too. <laughs> There's no escaping it. Yeah, it's bad. Uh, so I have one request before we wrap this up. Actually, to wind ourselves down, sure. I have one request. Can you play us out with some coconut peat? <laughs> I'm sure I can find As some. As we yeah. do our ratings. Okay, sure. So, uh, and now, everyone, the musical stylings of Coconut Pete. They call me the mayor. Because I spend all my days here. You would too. If you knew what I know. Kim, while we're here in Pina Colada Burke, so warm, soaking the vibes, what's your rating of Broken Lizards Club Dread? I'm going to give Club Dread a two and a half out of four. I'm giving Club Dread a three out of four. I think this movie's a lot of fun. It's very silly and surprisingly leans more into horror than I anticipated. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I like, think that's the most surprising thing. You would expect it to just be a comedy that's got some horror stuff, but it's a straight up horror movie that's just got a lot of comedy thrown at it's it. It's just a silly slasher versus yeah. a comedy with with some slasher murders. Oh, silly slashers. Maybe that's the title. Is that the title? Is Scooby-Doo a slasher? No. <laughs> 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 but either way, that's just our opinion. Let us know what you thought of Scooby-Doo's Spooky Island and Club Dread's Pleasure Cove over on Twitter at NOFS Podcast. Uh, on Discord at nofspodcast.com slash Discord. And, you know, fuck while you're at it, facebook.com slash groups slash horror fiends of NOFS. It's the only good part of Facebook anymore. It's true. Facebook sucks. Yep. If you're a fan of Nightmare on Film Street, hit us up at the Fiend Club to score some exclusive merch, hangouts, and events. That is at nofspodcast.com slash Fiend Club. Your monthly support goes directly to the podcast, our website, and all of the costs associated with that. And you get some fun perks in exchange for it. We have uh, some really cool membership cards, temporary tattoos, stickers. There's a ton of fun shit there at nofspodcast.com slash club. If you are new to Nightmare on Film Street, hit subscribe wherever you're listening to this and you'll get instant access to all of our fun back catalog of episodes. We put out an episode almost every week. We got interviews with filmmakers. There's previous double features like this. And that's wherever you're getting this all for free. But until next time, I'm Kim. I'm John. Stay Stay creepy. It appears you made it out alive. But we'll get you next time. Help us to grow the horde. Leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you subscribe. More terror can be found lurking on our website, nofspodcast.com. Until next time, stay creepy, fiends. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com.